Hello gorgeous souls, this is your host, Britt Contreras. I'm excited to bring to you a whole new intro so that it is shorter and sweeter. I'm a mama of two beautiful girls and if you listen to past episodes, you know I'm all about spiritual awakening, talking about everything motherhood related, postpartum depression, anxiety, and moving through forward in life to find your identity and soul purpose. So let's get started and talk everything mama, everything spiritual, and everything in between. Hello, beautiful souls and gorgeous mamas. I just want to have my special guest today is Jessica Bowser, and I hope I pronounced her name correctly. Um, She has been um, a mom since 2018. She first met her husband in um, high school, but they dated three years prior to getting married in 2017 and found out they would have their son three months later. And then now they have their stepdaughter as well, who's 13. And so um, I just wanted to bring her on. She's a health and wellness coach, and she has a background in psychology. And we are just going to chat about what it is to find your identity as a mom, because we all know that we go through this phase where we first have our children. And I mean, I say all, but, you know, most of us do at least um, of we might have wanted to be moms. Maybe we didn't know if we we're going to be a mom and have children, but it turns into trying to find our identity and who are what our role is. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Jessica, um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more? You were telling me about your health and wellness, and I know I said it in a nutshell, but if you want to kind of go back a little bit and fill in the gaps of um, how that came about, um, we can talk about that right now. Sure. Um, I love to tell people like uh, I was not an athlete. You know, I'm not that typical certified personal trainer who was just an athlete and just had it all together <laughs> my whole life. Um, I actually found fitness while I was in grad school for psychology. Um, I am originally from the East Coast. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and I moved out here to California. Um, and, you know, I left everything that I knew. And so it was adjusting and, um, you know, grad school is already a stressor. And so I found myself feeling very isolated, feeling very lonely, mm-hmm. um, feeling depressed. There were, you know, there were days where it was like, took everything I had in me just to get out the bed. <laughs> um, I was severely anxious to the point of actually starting to develop some symptoms of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and I was like, this, this is not me. Like, this is not, I, I just, I don't feel like me. Um, and so I actually started, you know, running as my fitness just to just to de-stress, just to look forward to something that felt good. Right. Um, and and it worked. You know, I started running and I started feeling better. Um, we we learned in psychology because I was on my way to being a therapist. We learned in psychology, you know, that that was just one thing that we could teach our, our patients or our clients um, to help them, you know, out of depression or anxiety. So I that's how I started. Um, but I fell in love with it. And so I went from running to boxing. And so once I was introduced to boxing, I started seeing the mindset piece of fitness. I started to see the nutrition piece of mm-hmm. fitness. And so at that point, I was like, you know what? I want to help people do this. Like, to me, this is my therapy. And so, yes, I could be a therapist. And I still wholeheartedly believe that therapists are necessary and that everyone could benefit But I'm like, a lot of people won't just go to therapy. They want to try other avenues first. And so if I can help people do this, uh, that's the route I want to go. And so I graduated. (laughs) I called home and I said, "Um, I'm going to stay out in California, but I'm going to be a personal trainer. (laughs) And so I got certified and that's I've been working in the gyms for the past five years um, until I transitioned uh, to my own business where I'm a health and wellness coach, which gives me a little bit more flexibility to work more individually with clients and really put more uh, emphasis on the individual. Whereas in the gym, it's just kind of like, here's your exercise program and we're just focused on exercise. Um, and so what I found out um, as a mom is that things are different. Like you can't just take the same kind of fitness stuff that you had prior to baby where you were single and you could just do anything you wanted on your schedule mm-hmm. like now you have to adjust and that right. <laughs> a lot um 
and so as far as like my personal adjustment like people think oh like you're a personal trainer so you know you probably had like a super healthy pregnancy um you probably worked out your entire pregnancy after the baby's born you continued that and that is like further from the truth <laughs> like i thought i was gonna be the healthiest mom ever pregnant and i was working out until uh eight months in the gym and i was training but like food wise like i was not able to eat the way that i was eating before like i went i remember the week i found out i was pregnant and i went to the local farmer's market and i bought all this organic fruits and vegetables and i was like this is gonna be great (laughs) like i can't eat this right now and like all the food went bad like i just i could not eat it and like i was eating stuff that i didn't even think (laughs) that i would eat um and and it's you know like there's of course like that guilt sets in like oh my gosh like what am I doing <laughs> um but it's just like you know you kind of have to go with the flow a little bit and it's like try to focus on some things that you can do like I, I would always try to emphasize drinking water and mm-hmm. one thing I realized like I couldn't drink room temperature water anymore so I had to be make it ice cold and it was like you know adjust right right um you know, try to eat your vegetables, try to eat some fruit, like that kind of stuff. But it's pretty much just the black and white thinking and, and people kind of feel discouraged. Like if they didn't start out a certain way, right? Like, or that's not the life that they're used to. So if I wasn't healthy before, you know, if I didn't have this foundation before, then like, how am I going to do that now? Right. And right. Um, like for me, it felt not like a reset. Like, I'm glad that I had some of those foundational skills from before because it showed me that, you know, it's possible. But I had to learn to adjust to where it feels like a new experience. It feels different than it used to. And honestly, like after I had my son, like that took a while to readjust. Like it took, I mean, he's three now. It kind of feels like it took two years. Like (laughs) it really took me two years to really get to the, to the place and acceptance of Jessica, it's not going to be the way it was before. And that's okay. Like it's good. It's just going to look different. I'm still adjusting and I'm coming on baby number three. Yeah. Actually, this would be the first announcement since my podcast because I've been keeping it like hush on the last episodes I've done and I was MIA for a while. So it's like, yeah, another girl. So I'm officially <laughs> a girl mom. My my husband says, I'm just going to be a girl dad. I'm just going to be like Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I, and he looked at, he's like, well, he had four girls. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> let's stop at three. yeah but yeah I mean it's just yeah it's I mean I remember um I've shared this on the podcast before when I had my um my firstborn Gianna it was um I I mean I I was I knew I wanted to be a mom and I knew I wanted to have kids um but then when I when I was pregnant I enjoyed my whole pregnancy it was fine I did have some complications through the pregnancy and then um, the birth, I had complications, and that's where everything kind of took a turn, like um, a traumatic birth experience, and then the postpartum depression set in. And then um, you were talking, um, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned postpartum anxiety, which is something I started experience with my my second Savannah, and um, I didn't really know about that either. So, how did you kind of realize that you were going through postpartum anxiety? You know, honestly, it wasn't until I want to say like last year I was on Instagram and obviously now like as a so once I transitioned um, from working in the gyms to my business, I really started inundating myself with more, you know, information about moms. And so I stumbled upon this page and it was talking about post. It was like PPA. And I'm like, PPA? (laughs) I've never even heard of PPA, you know. So I started looking into it and I'm like oh my gosh, like I didn't even have a term for what I was experiencing. And I just thought, honestly, I just thought I was like going crazy. Like <laughs> I I wouldn't want to leave the house. You know, like we, at the time uh, we were living in an apartment, it was on the second floor. So like there's complications of, you know, oh my God, like I'm going to walk down the stairs and I'm going to drop them. Right. Or, um, you know, we're going to drive down the street and, you know, even though Target is literally down the block, you know, like all the things that could go wrong between here and there, or we're going to go and then he's going to start crying. And because I breastfeed, like that's going to be a whole ordeal. I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. And I, didn't, I, 
I just, you know, I thought I was crazy. I'm like, you see all these moms who it feels like their lives just don't change, right? Like they just take their kids anywhere and they're smiling in pictures. Like, mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel that way. Like, and I didn't want to leave without him. So then it was like, well, I breastfeed. And at this point, my son, to this day, he's three years old, eats like a teenage boy. And <laughs> I'm like, he was drinking like every hour and a half. And so there was always this like time crunch in my head. And it's not that I didn't have milk in the freezer, but it was just like, well, that takes so much effort, you know, to have to to pump and to freeze it and to thaw it. Like that takes much more effort than me just being here. So it was a lot of like, I don't want to leave. Um, at the time I was attending a Bible class in LA. And so the drive was about 45 minutes and my son would be like, crying, red, sweating, being in the uh, car seat for 15 minutes. So I'm like, there's no way. So I didn't go to my Bible class for months. That was a big part of my life. Like we would go three to four times a week, you know, prior to his birth. And then it was like, he was born and I wasn't going. Mm -hmm. And so it's all these adjustment periods that we go through. Yeah. It's, 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 um, but you know, it's when, this is why this podcast exists though and this is why you know there's people like you that are out there trying to help other moms because the more we talk about it the less it becomes taboo subject the less we feel shamed for feeling a certain way you know like because I'm sure at the time you felt like maybe guilt or you know you felt like wow I I wish I could do this more I wish I could do that more you know you're something that you had a passion for your bible class before you couldn't attend but it was an adjustment you know and you have this baby that doesn't understand why they're in their car seat but at the time you're just like wanting to pull your hair out like why won't they stop crying yeah you know I'm right here you can hear my voice but you know it's just um all these things and you're saying like PPA uh, postpartum um, anxiety and then there's PPD postpartum depression and I was even talking to you earlier about like there's other ones of postpartum rage and postpartum, you know, and um, the the one that they, you know, if anybody's going through really should seek help and therapy for is postpartum psychosis, which is, mm-hmm. you know, um, a whole nother level of, of wanting to either harm yourself or your babies and, you know, getting to this moment of just not wanting like having all these different thoughts of loss of hope and you know a uh, loss of hope and things like that are diagnosed with postpartum depression as well mm-hmm. but it's um there's a lot of different factors and i mean i honestly you mentioned it earlier too like that this is your kind of therapy with the fitness the health and fitness and then also going to therapy as well is suggested and i always suggest the same like you know i help people intuitively but as to say you know it's always best also to get seek help professionally from a therapist or a psychiatrist whatever works for that individual mom because everyone's going to be different so yeah I mean I love that you're sharing this journey I mean I know in the time it doesn't feel like something that we want to share but the more that people are um, get to a comfort level of finally realizing that, you know, they don't have to be alone in their feelings. And there's so much that um, we can share as a, you know, they say it takes a village that's always been Mm -hmm. the same for a long time. So um, I don't know, it's just incredible that, you know, like, the how connections are made and how now you're doing this health and fitness to help people. So um I don't know if you wanted to share more with that, but I um, wanted to see if you can mention the three pillars that you go over when you help clients. Yeah. So, um, okay. So a couple of things. So first and foremost, like my biggest thing is really validating mom's experiences <laughs> is because you mentioned, right? Like you, you feel alone, like you feel like we talk about like uh, it takes a village and (laughs) we're thinking about raising the child and if I think about well I don't want someone else like imposing rules or things that I don't teach my son right and Mm -hmm. so well then I guess the village isn't helping but that's not true in a way really the village should be supporting mom 
Mm-hmm. And like you think about once you have the baby, like once you're pregnant, everyone's checking in on you. Then you have the baby and everyone's checking on the baby. But it's like, what about mom? Exactly. Yes. And so as far as like what what my mission is, is to really help moms realize like, I know that's the narrative. I know that's what it seems like, but that's not true. And because you are like baby's life support and baby, I'm talking about like they could be 22, right? Like you are baby's life support. Like think about how, you know, kids in college will call like first person I call is my mom when I needed something, you know? (laughs) So it's like, you have to be at your best. So yes, my method or my, my way of doing that is through health and fitness, because I genuinely believe that your mental health and your physical health really do go together. Um, And so the three pillars that I go through are mindset to cover the mental health perspective and then your nutrition and exercise to cover the physical um, portion. And so as far as the mindset, a lot of topics that come up is mom guilt, right? Um, Setting boundaries, saying no, saying yes, right? Like, so saying yes to you, saying yes to yourself, saying yes to what you want to feel fulfilled and satisfied, saying no to things that drain you, things that aren't necessary, things that are people pleasing. Um, And so those are the things as far as mindset is concerned, you know, motivation, I don't feel like it, I don't have the energy, I don't, you know, I don't like to cook, I don't want to cook, whatever that is. Um, Or feeling like if I, uh, if I'm on this quote unquote diet, then my family is on a different diet, like, or, you know, they eat whatever they want, like, you know, maybe I'm not disciplined enough. It's a lot of like, not enough. Mm-hmm. I should, uh, <laughs> this guilt and shame that kind of comes up. So that's what I coach to as far as uh, mindset, because that is the crucial thing. Like if I were to hand you a meal plan and a five day a week strength training, you know, workout program, but your mindset is, I can't do this. When am I going to work out? Mm-hmm. How am I going to do this? Then it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I always say mindset first. Yes, there are, there are three pillars, but there are some pillars that are more foundational. And so it's mindset and then nutrition and exercise is just the cherry on top because it does make you feel good. You know, you see the most changes as far as like fitness is concerned in your body. But all of those things look different for different people. Right. Taking a more individualized approach to that and not just putting you, you know, hey, eat what I eat. Right. Um, here, do this workout. Um, it has to be in line with what you want. If you're just like, hey, I'm not I'm not looking to compete in a bikini competition. I just want to move more. I just want to feel good. I just want to have more energy. Yeah. Okay. So it's like an individualized plan for each person. Yes. Right. Because, you know, we I mean, um, a lot of things that you touched on is things that I've touched on before is um, mine are kind of like mind, body, soul, which is kind of the same thing that mm-hmm. you're talking about. And that not enough feeling and that mom guilt and all those things. Um, I mean, I used to feel guilty, like um, for wanting to feel like when I remember when I first had my firstborn, a lot of times in my head was um, populating like, Oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that mm-hmm. because now I'm a mom. Now I, mm-hmm. I, I have to let go of my dreams. I have to let go mm-hmm. of my goals because I'm a mom. It's not, you know, I got to put my child first, which that part is true. Yes. You put your child, your children first. I do believe that wholeheartedly, but at the same time in the same token, I almost argue a little bit that self-care is so important. And, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself, then how can you really take care of your children, you know, or how can I set the example for my kids that like, if I'm not being that, you know, role model of, well, mom's, you know, mom looks like she was really happy and joyful because she's taking care of what she needs and her mom, me time. And, you know, there's a, um, like you said, adjustments need to be made. Of course, I always think of my kids first and like, okay, how can I plan this out? How can I set aside me time? How can I do their schedule Mm -hmm. of all these classes that they're taking? You know, um, it's, it's, um, I don't like the word balance sometimes. So I don't use it much because to me, I've explained in um, past why I don't like it is because sometimes I feel like when I think of balance, it's like you're on a tight rope and you're constantly trying to balance yourself on that tight rope. And to me, it's like, why do I want to be on that for life? So sometimes I say, you know, sometimes we need a like 
almost like a controller, like a pause button, you know, just to, to, to take a little bit of time to take deep breaths and say, okay, you know, I got this, I can do this and um, erase that I can't in those kind of negative words that we put in our heads that we yeah. can't do it anymore. When in reality, it's just adjusting to what our life looks like now, you know? Yeah. So I love that mindset, nutrition, exercise, especially the mindset, like you said, is the most powerful because if you don't have the mindset to want to change or do things for yourself, then it's hard to motivate someone who doesn't have a mindset of I can I will, and I can keep going. Even if I fall down, I can get back up. You know, I really enjoy this conversation, though, so I want to continue. Let's just take a quick break and hear a word from about our sponsor. Okay, we are back with Jessica Bowser, and let's continue this conversation. When clients first come in, so they're experiencing all these different motivation or um, emotions, I'm sorry, Um, you know, like mom guilt and feeling not enough. So what is kind of your process, you know, to helping them through, um, I know you um, maybe not go in too much into your plan, but like, how do you take the approach of like, okay, how can I get through to this person to make them realize that? you know, they're more than just a mom, that they have so much potential um, to do all that they can do, especially, um, you know, to set the example for their their kids, too, that, you know, mom needs to take care of herself, too. Yeah. Um. So I think, so one, um, as far as like mom guilt, because that's one of the biggest things that I see come up as far as like, if we're talking about trying to fit in time to exercise, right? Um, well, there's guilt a lot of times that comes up with that because we're like, well, you know, let's say they're a working mom. Well, I'm already gone X amount of hours during the day. Now you're asking me to take more time. Right. right? Um, even if they're not, like, even if they're stay at home, um, it's still this concept of like, well, you know, if let's say uh, you, you have a partner and they're the your provider, the breadwinner, um, well, they would, they need a break, you know? Um, so I can't ask them after work to to watch the kids while I exercise or whatever and so everyone can mm-hmm. create their own narrative around why they have mom guilt um to the point where I did a free five-day challenge on mom guilt because <laughs> it's such a huge thing that is <laughs> talked about right now especially I um, mean something that I had suffered you know through for a while um and and so it's having to do a lot of the conversations um like for our calls are more mindset based the nutrition again is is easy, and I put that in quotes because it's like everyone knows, you know, for the most part, eat more fruits, eat more vegetables. You know, we'll go with the standard like eat three meals, drink mm-hmm. more water. You know, everyone knows that stuff, but people usually say, "I know this stuff, I just not doing it." Right. There's no mm-hmm. point in me sitting here and giving you all this education as far you know as far as nutrition is concerned. You have Google for that. I can do it. I will tell you, but it is, it's breaking down into the small steps to make you feel like you have accomplished something. If you give somebody a goal that's too big and they don't hit it, they're going to feel disappointed and it's just going to chip away at their confidence even more. And typically when they come to me, they're not like in a place of feeling like, oh yeah, I have my whole life under control. I feel great. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think anybody will ever, I mean, I always say there's no perfect because I feel like we're always like, oh, we feel like we have to be this perfect mom and do this perfect mm-hmm. thing. Like I always tell, you know, new people that I meet, new friends that I meet, like, look, just letting you know now, like, I'm probably not going to be that person that is always on time. Like I might be a little bit late. That's just, you know, how things run. It just, I always plan ahead and I try to put my time, but no matter how much I plan ahead I will always be like at least 10 minutes late so it's just um you know but I've learned that about myself and it's just like sometimes you know like I you know I I try my best and that's what all I think that we have to realize is we are trying our best you know and there's so many different 
you know, kind of ways of parenting. There's so many different strategies. There's, um, you know, sleep schedules. There's, you know, if you're going to breastfeed or formula feed, mm-hmm. there's like, um, but I feel like there's no right or wrong way as long as you know you're trying to do your best for your child. And, um, but like for moms, yeah, I think we forget about ourselves a lot of like, well, you know, we can't do this because, you know, it's just not in the cards right now. Like it's not our time. We'll do it later. And I think it's doable. It's just, as you said, taking those into baby steps and taking apart, like, okay, this is my big picture goal. And then this is how I can break it down into reasonable small steps. Like for instance, like writing a book, you know, like you might have a goal that you want to publish it within a year, but that might not be something that's ideal. But at least if you take, you know, writing two um, chapters a day to start and then, you know, the next phase is editing you take those two chapters a day of editing or even two chapters a week to edit you know things like that that you break down into reasonable goals and I think that's for almost everything you right. know in life like I, I love the thing of baby steps because it's like you, you're teaching your child how to walk and it takes baby steps to you know do those things they might skip crawling they might do crawling but either way they're gonna learn at some point, how to take each step one at a time, you know, and right. if they fall down, they try to get back up. But as moms, we think, oh, we fell down, right. we fell, <laughs> you right. know, so that's, it, yeah, exactly. That's the mindset thing that I, exactly. So I talk about perfectionism so much. So I talk about perfectionism and all or nothing is two things that show up in, in motherhood, but just generally in our lives. Mm-hmm. And to the point where we feel like things have to go perfect, and we beat ourselves up if it's not. And, you know, but just like you mentioned, like, and I use that example too, is when kids try something, you know, for example, crawling or walking, they don't get it on the first time. And as mm-hmm. parents, we don't say, why didn't you do that? What's wrong? Like, why couldn't you do that? Right? Like, we expect that they're going to fall. We expect that, you know, and so we're there as support. And I always tell people, like, we, in a way, are kind of hypocrites, right? Because we don't even give ourselves that kind of support. Mm -hmm. Like, nonetheless, actually try to find that kind of support. And so that, as a coach, is where I come in, is where it's like, I'm here to remind you of those things. (laughs) I I am not able to do the work for you, but just to have that reminder can be crucial. Like, I am a coach, and I have a business coach, right? Guess what we don't do in my business coaching? Uh, Okay do this. All right. And here's the next strategy. Do what we're talking about is mindset mm-hmm. that, and that is just really like what I think people don't realize is missing sometimes is they feel it. They try and right. We talk about the, the definition of insanity. They'll try a diet plan. It fails. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me try a different diet. No <laughs> it's not the diet quote unquote. That's wrong. It's the strategy of trying to t- do a diet. Mm-hmm. it's the mindset piece of trying to remember like, why are you doing this in the first place? Like, you know, yeah, why exactly. Yes. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's those kinds of concepts that really are discussed most of the time. Again, like I have all the tools and things to give a coaching client. They can look at that and okay, great. You know, we'll, but we identify, all right, what is the baby step? the action step that we're going to be focusing on for the next week or two, because you want to feel like you've accomplished something. We need to celebrate that win. And now let's level up, but you can't level up if you're not even feeling good about what you're doing right now. So yeah, like from a mindset perspective, that is the biggest thing that we, we go over. And as far as nutrition, like, you know, cause um, while I was on a different, podcast and it was like, okay well is there like a tip that you can give <laughs> my tip is start small but mm-hmm. look at what you already do well and build on that if you say oh, I love salad I realize I just I don't really eat them like I love them though okay great can you just add a salad I'm not telling you to replace lunch or dinner with a salad right. can you add a salad just have a side salad and so sometimes just by changing the perspective like oh I don't have to just eat salads for the rest of my life to lose weight? Nope. No, you don't. <laughs> right. But you know, you might still be eating salad. That didn't change. But we're just yeah. approaching it differently. 
Yeah, those adjustments again, making those exactly. little, yeah, and what works for you. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, I, I, I think that I can't say enough how, you know, people, um, moms, especially, you know, women, they just, we're so hard on ourselves as it yep. is, you know, like we, we, and then the things um, we see on social media, like, and, um, you know, not to say that people aren't showing joy through their pictures, but we have to realize too, that that's not always the picture, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that is kind of the social media presence that we put out there sometimes. And um, I mean, myself, I'm more vulnerable on my mm-hmm. Instagram and on my podcast. And I probably share a lot more than, you know, my family and friends would like me to sometimes, <laughs> but you know, it's just that that is why I try to be transparent because um, especially today on social media, mm-hmm. there's so many comparisons and so many things yeah. that we we try to compare ourselves to when in reality, that isn't, you know, people all have something hard going on in their life from time to time. Someone's always, someone has gone through something traumatic, somebody has, you know, but it's just changing. Like for me, I went through my own things and not just the postpartum depression, anxiety, but childhood trauma I've mm-hmm. talked about before. And it took a lot of time and focus on myself mm-hmm. and to realize I needed to do therapy. I did um, support groups. I, you know, and then I sought, um, sought out my mom tribe, you know, and started finding that group mama tribe that, you know, is awesome uh, ran by Lauren. And it's just finding your network of moms as well and finding people that are really going to be supportive of you. So it just, it, it took a lot of work though on myself to realize that I deserve that attention. Mm-hmm. I deserve that time for me and not to feel selfish for it, you know, not to feel like, okay, well, why, you know, uh, sometimes you need to look at now it is my time. Now it is me time. And that's you a know? journey. Yeah, a journey. it is. It is. And I didn't just get there overnight, right. you know. And so I tell people, you know, on my podcast too, or people I talk to or friends that look like these last couple of years, I did a lot of work on myself to get mm-hmm. to where I am now. Like, um, because I'll, uh, I'll have friends comment or family like, oh, you're always so positive now. Or you're always posting, you know, positive things or like, you know, but then you talk about your stuff that you've gone through how do you how are you able to move on from that or even people I've forgiven or you know moved on from let go of things that just don't serve me anymore and it's back to that mindset you know it's just I had to realize that you know it was putting this like big huge weight on my shoulders more than anything and weighing me down but it took a lot of seeking out that help to figure that out like I didn't just do that all by myself you know I had people support me but it took a lot of me too to realize like hey I I deserve happiness I deserve joy you know I am not what I went through Mm -hmm. I'm you know who I am now and who I become and who I show my girls that they can be like I can't is not a verbiage we use in my house and when Mm -hmm. I hear my oldest will say that sometimes she'll be like mom I can't I can't do this I said no you can still do it you might need help Mm -hmm. but you can still do it and you have to keep trying and practice you know so I want to tie that into because I'm sure your your son and your stepdaughter you know you how do you have that in your household like what do you is there instances or examples that have come up for you that you use some of that um, mindset strategy for your your own family absolutely so my stepdaughter um so she lives in Maryland most of the year so she comes out here for the summers and Thanksgiving and spring break Mm -hmm. and I always make it a point um you know she'll be talking and you know she says that her stepdad will call her negative Nancy and stuff like that And I'm like, look, you know, yes, you say things and they can come off as negative, but it doesn't have to be the story all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to take that and think, well, I'm just a negative person. And I'm telling her this as a person who used to feel like people were saying, like, I'm a negative person. I thought I was being a realist, but I had to realize that sometimes being what I thought was being real. Also, 
I could look at it from the positive side. And now, you know, it's a, it's again, a shift of perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I have this conversation with her very often. Again, she's 13, about to be 14, going into high school. And I'm telling her like, you don't have to be who you always thought you were, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can always make that shift. And we all have our problems. Like I tell her, it's easy to think as a teenager that adults have it all together. And I'm here to tell you they don't. Right. Yes, um, true. Very that a true. lot of adults are just dealing with their childhood stuff, um, and that it's never too early to start working on that stuff. And so she'll say stuff like, "Oh, I hate such and such," or "I don't like such and such." I'm like, "Okay, great. Tell me three things that you love." Oh, right. I love because that. Mm-hmm. We need to start. We we put so much focus on things we don't like that we attract more of that. Yes. And, you know, I'm glad you bring that up because there's so many, oh my gosh, this this podcast itself can turn into so many different (laughs) podcast episodes, like so many topics are being brought up in here. But it's just, you know, um, uh, growing up, my dad would always tell me like attracts like and, you know, there's always a um, for every action, there's Mm -hmm. a reaction, things like that or the lessons. And then I think that sometimes we... um, like I try to tell my girls when I sometimes, you know, lose my patience mm-hmm. and I am like, Gianna, stop or Savannah, why aren't you listening? You know, and I, I, I don't like when I get like that, but it's something I'm honest about because I do have those moments where I have to step aside and remind myself, okay, I need to take a couple minutes away mm-hmm. and regroup myself and come back. But I always take time to sit with my oldest. She's four now. And tell her, you know, mom sometimes has big emotions too. Mm-hmm. I sometimes, you know, I I lose, I get upset and I have to use words, you know, for her age appropriate. I get mm-hmm. upset. Mommy sometimes gets sad. And sometimes, you know, when you're not listening or you're not hearing what I'm trying to tell you, like sometimes that makes mommy upset. And that's why I get get mad. I said, but, you know, it's not okay for me to, to get mad, to yell at you or to, um, but I need you to try to listen better. Mm-hmm. So I think having those conversations with our kids and then also letting them know as they get older that, um, like you said, sometimes it's reflective of what we went through as children. And sometimes they mirror things that we <laughs> are like a little bit of triggers. And mm-hmm. it's not an excuse, Absolutely. but it's like things that we went through in our past that, you know, even my parents, like, they were great parents, but they weren't always perfect. You know, there were sometimes my dad would make a comment that would hurt my feelings and he wouldn't mean to, but it comes to stem from how he was raised and how he was grown up and those kind of things. So there's all these different factors of generational things. And I think it's now come to a level where us, the, the, um, you know, us in our, um, thirties and stuff right now are like trying to break those cycles and realize that, you know, it's better to explain to our children what we're really going through to not hide those emotions and let them know that we feel them too. So we're in a very interesting time, a very interesting generation. Yes. um, Mm -hmm. Where right. Social media, the internet, like you have so much access to stuff to where it's like inundated with information. It's information overload. And so you do, you compare, um, you know, and there's differing opinions on controversial topics. Uh, and so it's, it is, it's enough to make you feel bad and make you feel like crap and feel like a bad parent. It's just like, we know what a bad parent is. You know, like we, we can, whether we had it or not, we know what a not good parent is. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we fall into, if I do this thing or whether it's self-care, whether it's uh, yell Right. Like, and all of a sudden that puts me in the class of bad parents. Like that is an extreme, like, you know, that's an extreme thought to have, but we Mm -hmm. all have it. And so again, it's being able to, just like you said, like, it's a journey. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's like having to challenge that every time. And so an exercise that I've done as a, like with my business coach, as a coach, and that I have my clients do is like, focus on your wins right so let's let's think about all the things that do make you a good parent let's Mm -hmm. start there Mm -hmm. you know so okay you're you you feel bad that you yelled at your at your child um well 
to in the same day, the same day that you yelled at them, like what can you name like five, maybe five things that you did well today? Right. As a Right. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, of course, you know, like I fed them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just like people think it's um, probably silly, a simple thing, but it's just like you have to. Yeah, I, I I totally try to remind myself because I get in that, too, where I'm like, and we oh, my do. God, why did I yell at her like mm-hmm. that? You know, I'm such an awful mom. I should I could. How could I have done it better? You know, but I take that moment to realize okay you know what let me just talk to her and explain you know and she always you know she's four she's kids are very resilient (laughs) they're very um forgiving too you know so she's always like okay and gives me a hug Mm -hmm. and like she's understanding about it but you know I I tell her I, I try you know I'm trying to not yell at you but I need you to try to try to listen better you know so it's like that little bit of um you know we we are giving to each other in a way that you know is like um I don't know what the word is for it but you know just that that unconditional kind of love that we both have for each other that it's respecting each other of our needs you know so yeah and I think you know because our parents' parents or grandparents, you know, they didn't, I don't think they apologized, you know, um, I don't think that they had conversations of explaining why they were doing some of the things that they were doing, mm-hmm. the things that they were saying. So yeah, we're, we're two generations away from that. And so I think we're still byproducts of it, but we are trying to do it differently. And so there's this like push and pull kind of feeling. There. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I try to do with my son that I also have to talk to my husband about constantly, right? Is just because he's a boy doesn't mean he's not allowed to feel emotion, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mean, and of course, like, I don't like when he, you know, fake cries or, you know, was crying for no reason for attention. Like, I don't like that either. Um, but it's like trying to, you know, hey, baby, like, it's, you're, you're allowed to be sad. It's okay. I'm not going to change my answer, but you're allowed to be sad. You know, exactly. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. if you you feel like you're sad or you want to cry, maybe you can go in your room, you can cry. And when you feel better, you can come out. Right. When you're ready to talk, we can talk. If you go to timeout, I'm going to come and talk to you why you went to timeout. Like those kinds of conversations. And yeah, he's three. I don't know how much of that he understands, but I think it's still an important um, thing for me to do. Right. Because uh, I came from a household of not hearing sorry or not, mm-hmm. um, it, it was a one way conversation, right? Like you just listen while I talk, kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, trying to do it differently. Um, and that's another thing is like everybody needs to identify what that is for them. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about with your health and wellness journey. I think that's with your mothering. Um, I think that's with how you want your life to be everyone's fulfilled by different things and we societies put this expectation that if you have kids you should be fulfilled with that and that I mean I I I did that and I was working full-time in a career that at one point I had enjoyed and loved um and then once I had my son realize like well this is this is actually taking too much time away and it's draining my energy and this doesn't fulfill me anymore and that's Mm -hmm. okay too that things can change and it doesn't mean anything about you. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just everybody has to find their own their own little way because I've heard, you know, I've seen blogs of people saying, oh, working a, a working mom is harder than a stay-at-home mom yep. or a stay-at-home mom is hard. Like, there's a debate. And I'm like, honestly, I think both are hard in their own respects. Like, they have their hard days, but they also have their good days. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can find positives and negatives right. in probably both, but, you know, obviously, we're trying to talk about mindset of looking more at the positives you know and for me I found that um you know I've been working from home through this pandemic and it's been so hard and I was working in the office before and that was hard for me too Mm -hmm. because I was away from them so for me I realized that I need to find a niche that is more um in between like almost like part-time where I have time for myself to do what I need to do to do my entrepreneur route, you know, building my podcast, building this platform of hello, gorgeous mama and moms feeling gorgeous inside out. 
and also being able to have time with my kids. And I think there really is a way to find that. It's just making adjustments, like you said, to figure things out of what works for you. Because, you know, as you said, sometimes society puts on this, like, oh, you have to have kids and then you'll be fulfilled, but not everybody wants to have kids, which is perfectly Mm -hmm. fine. And not everybody wants to have them biologically. Some people want to adopt or, and they're still your kids. So it's just, everybody's family might look differently, but at the core, I think we all go through similar um, emotions or things that we need to work out for ourselves. So yeah, it's, it's definitely that word journey, you know, everybody has their own path and their own. And that's what I talk about also is I believe everybody has their own life purpose that they came here. They, but I say that is there might be this end goal of what you're supposed to kind of do in your life and how you fulfill things in your life. But through that journey, you're going to learn lessons. You're going to take detours. You're going to take maybe, um, a longer way to getting there. But um, every person we meet, everything we go through is a lesson in itself is what I believe. So it's just, you know, I feel like this, like this right here, it was meant to be for us to connect to share all these things, because you're talking a lot of stuff that we have, I have talked about before of mindset and just empowerment and feeling like you're not alone and feeling like you can find your identity so thank you so much for joining on this this was was great it was so fun a lot of topics (laughs) yes Um, I I know like I said we might have to have like a part two or something because there's like um, just listening to everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could, we could talk about this with that, or you know, <laughs> there's so many different ways that you can go. But talk about this it, all day. So yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I just again, just like I, I truly believe that the narrative that society says about moms needs to change. I think the narrative that moms tell themselves mm-hmm. needs to change. And so um, again, like I cover health and wellness. Um, and that could seem like it's just one aspect of life, but I really think that is a, a foundation because, you know, I come from a science background, um, psychology is a science. And so thinking like how many of these things like go down to like a biological level, right? And we already know food, like your nutrition, what you feed yourself from a physical standpoint, that has to do with your mood, your sleep, right? Your things like that, your hormones. Likewise, what you feed yourself mentally whether that's self-talk, you know, the people that you hang around, if there's toxic people in your life, like that feeds you and those affect your mood, <laughs> those affect mm-hmm. your hormones. Like, and, and so it, it gets down to like the cellular level. And so people come in like, oh, I just want to lose weight. I'm like, great. I also want you to understand that that's not just a like a sidebar. Like it, your health is not just like, oh yeah, I want to do this um, because I want to look good. And so I'll focus on this you know, either later, some people, right? Like, oh, I'll get to that Mm -hmm. later. It's like, if you want to feel good now, let's take care of it now because I promise you it's all going to get wrapped up into one. We're going to talk about your day-to-day stuff because that crap comes up sometime. Like, we have to talk about the stuff from childhood. Yes, yeah, I agree. Family Mm -hmm. lifestyle, how you start talking to yourself. Oh, maybe because your parents told you X, Y, and Z, right? And so, but- if we can start as an individual, so just like you mentioned, like you went on your own personal journey and now you're posting on social media more positive things, start with us and it will trickle out. It's not, we're not going to fix society and therefore fix us. Like right. we have to fix us and then by, by that we'll end up shifting the perspective of society. But at one point moms need to take a stance and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not falling into this mom shaming, you know, bullying stuff. I'm not going to be part of the problem. I'm not going to be placing my expectations on others. Um, you know, I'm not going to feel bad about how I parent. I'm going to stand in my truth and what I believe my child and my family should look like. And so, yeah, like, I think that's how we tackle the the problems <laughs> is we have to start with us. We can't expect those things to just get fixed and then we'll get fixed. 
Right. No, I mean that, yeah, everything you're saying, I love it because it, it's very important. People have their own timeline of doing things and that's okay, you know, because people think that they have to fix everything overnight. Things I've gone through since childhood are not going to be fixed overnight. You know, right. it's a process. So I think realizing that and knowing that there's no you know, you have to do it by this day, or, you know, you have to start talking about it and sharing it. But the more that people share it, the more that more people you help and their understanding and you're actually, it's like self therapy in itself, Mm -hmm. I feel like because every time I talk about my things, like I, there's a little bit of, um, I don't want to say hesitation, but you know, like it, it is still a sore subject certain Mm -hmm. things I talk about but you know as I get through it and I keep talking and more words come out it becomes a little bit easier and it's almost like this like like I could breathe again Mm -hmm. you know feeling so it's just yeah I mean more people getting together more women and moms combining forces and realizing you know we have so much to help each other with that we can you know baby steps and all that so it's I'm so glad Jessica again um I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to add but I just wanted to wrap up the podcast a little bit and um see if there was anything that you wanted to tell people before you leave um so the last I guess leaving pieces um if people do want to hear more um especially on the topics of mindset nutrition and exercise i do have a free private facebook group called mommy care um it is focused on moms making sure that they feel supported um and then getting tips and action steps um to be able to help them on their health and wellness journeys so if you just look up mommy care and on instagram hey underscore fit happens um where you can find more stuff on topics like this. Um, and thank you so much, Britt, for inviting me to the podcast. This is, of I course. Think this is so great. <laughs> um, yeah. And we just need more, more things to help moms realize like what you're going through is normal and here's some support so that we can move forward. So that's great. Awesome. Um, I'll definitely link those. I'll get those from you so I can put those in the post in on this um, in the podcast notes. So um, but yeah, check out Jessica Bowser. She is um, so phenomenal. As you've heard from this podcast, I know you got so much out of this. So I'm so glad that you are all joining us today. And please share and, you know, um, share this podcast with other moms, because um, we are a tribe of moms just helping each other out. And the more we help each other out, the more um, we know we are not alone in this. And we are all in this, you know, really together. So um, thank you again, Jessica. I hope you have a good rest of your today. We're recording on Sunday. So I hope you have a good rest of your Sunday. Thank and you. I will be in touch with you soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please leave feedback and let me know what topics you would like to talk about next. I'm excited to keep this journey with you and thank you for listening to Hello Gorgeous Mama.